late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Still, still trying to figure out what the hell happened today. Like, honestly, it's amazing that the New York Jets win this football game. And the storyline of this football game is what the hell is wrong with the New York Jets more so than it is than what the hell is wrong <laughs> with with the Los Angeles Rams for losing the game. You know, there was other games that went on in the National Football League today. We really haven't really taken a look at too many of them because, like, honestly, we could talk for, like, 10 hours about this, about, like, only the Jets could, like, pull this off. And, like, for the love of God, man, you're 0-13. You're 17-point underdogs. And, like, like I said, like, I blame the Rams as well. Like, how the hell if you're the Rams do you allow this to happen? And, you know, listen, the Rams scored 17. They only scored three points in the first half, the Rams. They put up 17 in, in, in the second. They sort of woke up and said, oh, whoa, whoa, we better get this thing together right now. And I thought the Rams were going to come back. I thought, I, you know, I wasn't really in a panic, even when they were down big and like an idiot. I did have the Rams and Moneyline parlays. Um, Seattle, listen, Washington nearly came back on Seattle, but Seattle hangs on to win the football game. They needed the win. They get to 10 and speaking of Seattle, they get the Rams uh, this week, as always, we'll go over the opening numbers. Uh, Arizona. Arizona was sort of, you know, their wings, the Cardinals' wings were clipped a couple of weeks ago. You know, the wheels had fallen off. They were 6-6. Six and six. They, You know, they were lucky to win the one game that they won in, like, you know, in a five-week stretch by hitting a Hail Mary. And now suddenly all it took was playing against a couple of teams from the NFC East. They beat the New York Giants. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And now suddenly, you know, Arizona's eight and six and life is good for them once again. Kyler Murray's also healthier. That's another thing. Kyler Murray was a little beat up after that Seattle game. And it showed for a couple of weeks. But Dr. David Chow, ProFootballDoc.com, a 17-year team doctor of the Chargers, is a regular with us. And he keeps telling us that Kyler Murray is healthy right now. And it doesn't matter whether Carson Wentz is ever going to be healthy because you're not going to be the quarterback of this team anymore. Jalen Hurts is lighting it up. and. You know, there's always been a debate, you know, about like, you know, the wide receivers make quarterbacks. Does a good quarterback need like stud wide receivers? They saw he doesn't have a lot of weapons. Well, Jalen Hurts is working with the same weapons that Carson Wentz is working with. And he's a hell of a lot more productive with them, uh, isn't he? 338 yards, three touchdowns for Jalen Hurts. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. Bet your rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talk about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. My name's Bobby, and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Hey, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi. So we throw it down. 
what is this, the uh, the Monday Night Massacre, uh, you want to call it? The show is the Monday Night Meltdown, but I don't know, it sort of had a massacre-like feeling to it, right? It's the holidays. How many people's holidays have been ruined uh, right now uh, by the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals upset, the Los Angeles Rams upset? Um, you've got tens of millions of people that are betting on football right now uh, and sports uh, now that it's legal in most uh, sane states, um, in most sane states. So, you know, just absolute craziness. And let's 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 break it all down right now. As I stated, we got a full house here uh, this evening. George Kurtz is going to join us. Always an adventure when Kurtz steps up and in. Uh, we got Drew Martin Betts joining us a little bit later on. But covers experts steps up and in and reps in the holiday season. Um, although the Cincinnati Bengals just ruined a lot of people's uh, Christmas in in Pittsburgh, um, Paul. It's amazing how the Cincinnati Bengals helped the Buffalo Bills. A couple of years ago, they beat the Baltimore Ravens in the last game of the year, and it put the Bills into the playoffs. And now, you know, I didn't even really expect this to happen, but suddenly the Buffalo Bills are the two seed in the AFC. Paul Bovey steps up. What's up, Paul? What's up, Gabe? Uh, you're right, Gabe. I mean, the Buffalo Bills, they absolutely demolished the Broncos, Drew, uh, Drew Locke comes back down to earth. And, you know, I feel a little vindicated here, Gabe, because I was on a rant on Twitter for a while about the Steelers, of, of how lucky they were when they were 9-0, and and I kept getting attacked and attacked and attacked, and they kept winning on the skinny, uh, getting away with taking on quarterbacks like Garrett Gilbert and Jake Luton, and tonight it's Ryan Finley, and they had RG3, barely got by the Ravens by five points. And finally, we get a breakthrough a couple weeks ago, and the Steelers uh, have come back down to earth and then some. But I feel a little foolish because I jumped off the bandwagon before tonight, did not take the points. Why? Because I felt Ryan Finley was a huge liability, and the Steelers would somehow find a way to win. Oh, boy, was I wrong, and did they look bad. I tell you what, and Ryan Finley uh, beats him with uh, with his legs. Hey, whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes. But you're right. Listen, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, they're a very sensitive bunch. All right, um, they're more sensitive than the cameras in our studio uh, right now. <laughs> they're going crazy. I got flashing lights. I would say like I'm angelic, but there's nothing angelic about uh, tonight. But listen, the Pittsburgh Steelers, their fans are ultra defensive and. I tweeted out last week about how Ben Roethlisberger is worse than Phillip Rivers. Like, people criticize Phillip Rivers for having a shot arm. Phillip Rivers can still throw a football. Like, Ben Roethlisberger can't throw a football anymore, bro. He's like uh, he's like an uncle in a park. You know what I mean? Sailing the ball over his nephew's head. He can't throw the ball down the field. It's a major problem. And we can talk. You know what? You and I have talked about it, about deep down the, the field. Last week against Buffalo, he was 5 of 13, guys. A passes beyond the sticks, 10 yards or further. Tonight, I, I saw, what, he was 0 for 7 in the first half. Oh. Passes 10 yards or further. We're not talking passes of 20 yards, guys, 25 yards. And what amazes me is the Pittsburgh Steelers refuse to run the football, Paul. They just continuously drop back and throw and throw and throw and throw and run the same damn plays, even though Ben can't make these plays anymore. But they can't run the football game. I, I mean, you could say James Conner was having a respectable season, 4.3 yards of rush. 
But if you peel back the onion a little bit, it was basically four games that he had success. The rest of them, it was 2.6 yards a carry, 3.1. They're really not getting any productivity on the ground. So a lot more the burden falls squarely on Ben Roethlisberger's shoulders, and he's just making poor reads, poor judgment. And let's face it, he's just not the same quarterback he was a decade ago. And going back to the beginning of the season, his average yards per attempt were way down at the bottom of the uh, quarterback of the quarterback roster of the league. He just wasn't getting it done. The only thing that was saving them offensively was Chase Claypool. A couple of long receptions, and uh, somehow they were winning these games. But let's face it, uh, the house of cards has fallen, collapsed, and the Steelers are now, a, you, I would call them an ordinary team at best. And, you know, it's going to be one and done in the playoffs when they get there. They're just not a good team. You know what? I didn't like the game coming into the game. And I hate these primetime games between bad teams with big numbers. Except I don't have the discipline. I'm hosting these shows during the games as well earlier. I don't have the discipline just to pass. So starts off with, well, I'll just hit a couple of props. Right? And, you know, one thing turns into another. And I could have escaped. It would have been a loss. But you know what? I was 2-0 with the bowl games earlier today. I could have just bit the bullet, and sometimes, you know, Paul, you got to bite, and you're, you know, you're better at it than I am, and accepting the fate sometimes, except, like an idiot, I jumped in on Pittsburgh when they were down 17-7. I'm like, you know what, this is Cincinnati, they'll blow this, and I went from, you know, having money on a game that I didn't really like to having way too much on it, needing a team to come back that I don't even think is good. Right, It was just bad betting on my behalf to jump in. I should have just bit the bullet and accepted the loss. Because, you know, we had Benny Snell uh, to go over his rushing guard prop. We had Benny Snell to score a touchdown. Uh, we had Finley under um, his, um, his passing yards. So, you know, there were some winners that were coming in, and I could have just bit the bullet and accepted I was going to lose some of my other bets. But, no, I had to, you know, start chasing. And that's what I'm mad about myself. You know, I can be mad about the Pittsburgh Steelers sucking, but it's my fault that I chased on this team. And, you know, I thought they were going to come back. At first, I was like, I don't know. They're kind of bad, but it seemed like they had the momentum and the Bengals were falling apart. Yet Ben Roethlisberger, you know, for lack of a better word, is shot. I was going to say useless, but I don't want to disrespect the Hall of Famer that badly. But, you know, Paul, like in boxing, how they say, like uh, sometimes an older fighter will age in between rounds. And, you know, you see that, like, sort of like Peyton Manning sort of just got old overnight in the NFL. It was like just sort of one day. It was like, oh, wow. Except, like, we're seeing this with Ben Roethlisberger. Like, it's like a movie, man. You know, like that, you know, the the, the movie with Brad Pitt <laughs> where he keeps getting younger. Like, basically, every pass, every quarter, every game, every minute, Ben Roethlisberger gets worse, Paul. You know, you know, I think that um, you got to give credit to guys like John Elway and Roger Staubach because the idea is always to leave the room and let them and, and leave them wanting more. It's like the <laughs> Seinfeld. Remember <laughs> Seinfeld stands up uh, and he makes a great comment and then that city leaves the room. Well, that's what you got to do. You can't be shown the door. You want to walk out the door. 
gracefully. And unfortunately, Ben Roethlisberger, after this year, may be shown the door. But then again, the heir apparent right now is Mason Rudolph. There was one prop before the game. I couldn't believe I found this prop. My eyeballs got big. Over eight and a half punts laying a dollar forty-five. That number should have been ten and a half. It was way understated at eight and a half, and it it was easy pickings. They were. I looked I, at one point, and they were at six in the second quarter. I said I didn't even have to pay attention to it anymore. But you know, sometimes we do step in and make bets that we shouldn't. We all do it, and sometimes the best wager that you may or you you make is the one you don't make and uh, it's gambling I find the key to success is restraint Paul Bovey kicking it with us Sports Rage Late Night I am Gabriel Morenci shout out to all of our radio affiliates the Late Night Anger Management Class and trust me there's a lot of anger vent your rage bring it SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If sports talk stations were cars, we'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked it till Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. What's the dumbest bet I ever heard of? I disagree. I disagree. That's a fair statement. Dumbest bet I ever heard of. Yeah, laying 42 and a half points in a college basketball game. Probably not the smartest thing to do either. Wild weekend. So, Paul, I'm getting all kinds of different numbers uh, here from reputable people, though. I said, I wonder what um, I wonder what a Jets money line, a Jets money line, Bengals money line parlay uh, would pay. And we're getting a couple of different numbers here. One guy said $200 paid 16000 uh, another dude is saying that it was uh, you know, in the same ballpark. Yeah, Matt Best, who actually is a smart kid. So uh, he's a numbers kid, digital producer, Sportsnet uh, producer at uh, Mayo Media. We used to work with him at the Fantasy Sports Network in the old days. Smart kid. He's saying it's $200 paid $16,268. Dear God. Talk about Merry Christmas, Paul. Yeah, that's uh, – I, I... – can't even quantify it. It's it's <laughs> absurd. Oh, I will tell you this, okay? That late field goal may, may have been meaningless to most, but I actually found the great middle in the second half of this game. And I got the teeth kicked in. Uh, my teeth kicked in yesterday on uh, Bill Belichick not kicking a field goal, which would have salvaged a teaser with the Patriots instead going for it on fourth and uh, three and watching Cam Newton get sacked. But I found over three and a half Cincinnati in the second half and under seven. Now I thought it was a great middle in case they kicked two field goals, scored a touchdown. And it looked like they were going to go for it on um, fourth and one with 16 seconds to go. And lo and behold, it goes to the bench. They take a timeout and the field goal kicker comes parading in, kicks it through the uprights and blows me out of the middle, and, you know, it sucks. 
So um, I have my own tale of woe tonight, Gabe, because I know you were beating yourself up for betting, and I'm beating myself up for getting beat up this weekend on a couple iffy calls by some coaches, and it sucks, and uh, you just got to move on with it. But, uh, yeah, it was a very interesting weekend for underdogs, and uh, we got some great games going, uh, looking forward, and bowl games, and we're going to make a lot of money, and that's all we can do. All right, so let's let's just blast through the NFL before we get into some college football talk as we're in conversation with Paul Bovey. Uh, you can find him over at uh, Covers.com on the Experts page, CoversExperts.com uh, as well. Um, so looking at the National Football League, it's kind of a stunted week this week due to the holiday, right? Uh, due to the holiday, and we've got a Christmas night game. Not to mention, and I know, listen, nobody's a bigger NBA better than Paul Bovey uh, is. But the NBA, you know, I'm in football mode right now, and I'm a massive NBA fan. And, you know, it's hard to believe the NBA tips off tomorrow, isn't it? I mean, we got all these bowl games to handicap, NFL games to handicap, and then boom, the Lakers and Clippers are playing again. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, Gabe. I'm, I'm like you. I'm in football mode right now. And, you know, they just hit us with all these bowl matchups. And today, Army got a game, and I think that's uh, going to be a bad matchup for them. But, yeah, these uh, early bowl games of, are of a special interest to me. I'm, I'm especially interested in them. I tend to do better in these non-marquee games, so I'll be looking to get down this week. And you're right, it's a sketchy schedule in the NFL this week. There are several games that are off the board and three games on Saturday, and one of which has already moved like two and a half points, and fortunately I got down on that one, so... Uh, definitely some opportunity in the NFL this week, but the numbers are scattered. All right. So, and the games are scattered as well. So Christmas night, we've got uh, Christmas evening, actually into the night, 4:30. We've got the Saints and the Vikings in New Orleans. Uh, Saints are laying seven, 51 and a half. I'm assuming the game that you said that the point moved, uh, the points moved was Tampa Bay. Did you jump in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Detroit Lions up to nine and a half now? I did. I did. I got uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, I got them at seven. And I also have them in a teaser and I locked them up with Chicago. And I played the team total over, which I think at 30 and a half is a phenomenal play. One thing I pointed out about Detroit, if you go back to the Houston game, cornerback Trufant was hurt in the second quarter. He came out. Now, since that Houston game, opposing quarterbacks have completed 92, or should I say 90 out of 119 passes against them. That's a little over 75%, 11 touchdowns, and no picks. So I think it's an opportunity for Tom Brady to go back to his uh, home state, to his roots, Detroit, Michigan, he obviously played at the University of Michigan as a Wolverine and uh, show his wares and show off his offense and get his team back on track. They did pull that win out on Sunday, but I think they're wanting a complete game and he's already made a statement, we have to win. And this is the opportunity to do it. So clearly Tampa Bay should score a lot of points here. Detroit isn't stopping anybody. Tannehill had a big game on Sunday, 21 to 27 for almost 300. And uh, it should be more of the same here. Uh, Paul Bovey kicking it with us on Sports Rage Late Night. I am Gable Morenci. So a game that I'm looking at right now, Paul, I don't know what your take is, but the Miami Dolphins and the Raiders, 
you know, I know you know, it's tough going back to the well all the time. And listen, I, I like the Patriots against the Dolphins uh, this past week, but this team really is unbelievable, and Flores is unbelievable. Flores is now 20 and 10, guys, as a head coach against the spread in the National Football League. Uh, 30 games he's coached, 20 and 10, including a league best 11 and 3 uh, this year. Meanwhile, the Raiders haven't covered in over a month, four straight games, um, non covers for the Las Vegas Raiders uh, right now. And uh, Miami, we spoke with Dr. David Chow uh, earlier this evening, and he expects the Miami Dolphins to be healthier offensively on Saturday as well. Well, I mean, you, you, they might be. Look, Gesicki was out on Sunday. Now he's a second leading receiver with 602 yards. Devontae Parker, leading receiver with 633. He was out. Uh, Jakeem Grant was out. I'm frankly surprised that they won the game on Sunday because they didn't have much of an offense, but they got production from the running backs. New England just couldn't stop them, uh, which was surprising to me. I don't know if Belichick really doesn't care about the things and the way they're going right now. It just doesn't seem like he has much of an interest in winning. But Matt Breida got back in the lineup, uh, ran for 86 yards. They just don't have a lot of offense, and I can't shake points on the road with a team that doesn't score a lot of points, that doesn't have offense, and with several key members of that limited offense in limbo. So I'm going to have to uh, take a pass on the game until I see the status of these players. But either way, I'm not sold on laying points with the Dolphins at home, They uh, on the road. They just don't score enough. You know, the Raiders, though, are, are a pure fade team right now, right? And I get it. I, I understand the, the the question marks about laying the points with the Dolphins. It's a short price uh, here. It's a short price. And it's going to be Mariota uh, again. And, you know, I think, look, Mariota surprised people. He played as good as he did. He probably won't play as good now that he's had a week to prepare. That's just the way things usually work out uh, with backup uh, quarterbacks. Uh, but we will keep our eye on the Miami Dolphin health uh, situation, but the Raiders every year, Paul, the Raiders start off hot, and in the second season, Gruden's Gruden against the spread in the second half of years. You know, his teams just hit the wall; they fall apart. You know, we could talk about injuries or this and that and everything else, but like I said, the Raiders have been uh, have been falling apart for a little while. So you know, it's it's a weird board uh, once again in the National Football League. We got some big numbers uh, on tap here. You got the Rams going to the Seahawks. Rams going to the Seahawks, and uh, Cam Akers is going to be out of this football game. Uh, for the Rams, coming off the big upset loss to the Jets, anything else catch your eye here? That game's interesting, and you know what? The Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboy game is suddenly intriguing. Cowboys on a two-game win streak, and the Eagles re-energized right now with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and uh, you know, Van Der Esch is going to be out for uh... – for the Cowboys, which is a big loss. And Xavier Woods went out with a chest injury on Sunday. And that would also be a big loss. He's a second-leading tackler. I uh, Look, the Cowboys miraculously have scored 71 points with 582 yards in the last two weeks. They've won the turnover battle 7-0. The Bengals turned the ball over in the first three drives. The prior week, the 49ers were very generous this week, turning the ball over four times, leading to a, a, 
a, a massive amount of points for the Cowboys to, you know, score 41 here. I would have to lean to the Eagles, but then again, I have to look at the injury situation with Philly because, as you know, Darius Slay was out on Sunday, and yep. that led to another nine-catch performance by DeAndre Hopkins, and he bested his Giants total by 30 yards and landed at 169, I believe it was. And if you hold down DeAndre Hopkins, this Arizona team, by the way, becomes very pedestrian. There were five games that he's been held to 55 yards or less. They lost all five, and he's been held to 73 or less in seven games. So it's not an automatic for Arizona, by the way, to automatically put points on the board like they did against Philly, but Philly's defense was very depleted. So I'd have to look at that. Right now, I'd be leaning to the over in that game, opened 48.5, went up to 49.5, and backed off a little bit. There is something to be said about championship pedigree, youthful hunger, whatever it is that Jalen Hurts has provided, but you can see the huddle is a much more alive and excited right now. More with Paul Foley on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to the source of live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. But we just call it the winning edge. Keep it here. There's plenty to go around. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Late night anger management class, yeah. Insert Pittsburgh Steelers sucking. Last night it was the Los Angeles Rams. I guess we should have known. Huh? Like You figure, look, man, in the last couple of weeks, guys, the New York Giants went into Seattle and won outright. Washington football team went into Pittsburgh and won outright. The Jets went into Los Angeles and won outright. Uh, tonight, this game was in Cincinnati. Uh, but um, like Paul Bovey, who's courteous enough to be joining us uh, right now in the holiday season from Covers.com, Covers Experts, um, said earlier, you look at the Bengals. I mean, Paul, against the Bengals, I was all over the Cowboys last week. Bengals were a train wreck, turning the ball over. And even tonight, and listen, I, you know, the thing I'm going to give Ryan Finley the most credit for tonight is his toughness. The fact is, this dude got murdered a couple of times, like really hit hard, <laughs> and like awkwardly hitting the head, and he fought through it. He was out there, but you got to be embarrassed. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you just lost by double digits to a two-win football team who, whose quarterback threw for 89 yards, bro. Like that, you know, Paul, like when you put it like that, like we just lost to a two-win team whose quarterback threw for 89 yards and we lost by double digits. Again, this reminds yeah, me of the we- Buffalo Bills years ago, Paul. The Bills set a record. We held the Cleveland Browns. I don't know if you remember the game. It was like a snowstorm. Derek Anderson threw for 24 yards and the Browns won 6 3. The Bills like, held the, the opposing team to 24 yards passing and lost the game. Well, I'm like, Finley had an 89 yards passing tonight, man. 
Dear God, Paul. Yeah, I, I give him a lot of credit. And Gabe, nobody is going to tell me that they weren't trying to hurt that guy. Like, you could see that every time he got into a crowd of Steelers, like, they were giving him the noogie punches and hitting him yeah. on, you know, giving him the, the, the forearm shiver, whatever they could do to intimidate that guy, and he wasn't backing down. He just kept running the ball, and he did what he had to do. Look, we know that two years from now, Ryan Finley will not be quarterbacking an NFL team. And if he does, he's going to end up like Chase Daniel. He'll bounce around here for 10, 11, 12 years, collect a paycheck, and never play. But the reality is he'll be like Clint Longley in 1975. <laughs> People will know him for coming off the bench or taking this game and winning this Monday night game against the Steelers. The upset, he'll tell his kids, his grandkids, exactly. his great grandkids. And and it's all about Ryan. He'll have pictures of this, of the footballs in his room 40 years from now. Yeah, you know what? You can't take that away from him, right? He won a game as a starting quarterback on Monday Night Football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They hated Pittsburgh Steelers uh, at uh, at that. Uh, wow. Just, you know what? You know, this, is why, this is why, though, actually, correlated in a college, this is why I don't like just the the eye test all the time and the committee and well let's discount this team because we don't like their conference this is why we play the games paul right look at even at the highest level of football the national football league look at all the upsets i just talked about and teams that need games you know pittsburgh weren't trying to lose this game seattle didn't try to lose to the giants pittsburgh didn't try to lose to washington uh, the Rams didn't say, you know what, let's tank today and lose this game and sabotage the Jets' chances of getting Trevor Lawrence. This is why we play the games, man. There's no guarantees. There's no certainty in life besides death. Right, Paul? This is why we've got to play the damn games. That's right. And Trevor Lawrence was not going to New York. There was no way. That would have been like sending Henry Hill to Montana. He was going to pull an Eli Manning <laughs> or John Elway. And he was not going to New York. He was already postulating back at the end of October. And then he flipped his the script a little bit and just, yeah, sure, the Jets. He was trying to prevent the Jets from tra tanking at the end of October. He was no way going there. But, yeah, you're right, Gabe. They play these games on Sunday for a reason. Teams let down and uh, things happen. And, uh, hey, that's what makes the NFL what it is. <laughs> exactly right. So how about this, though, Paul? As I stated earlier, remember Baltimore uh, Baltimore lost a couple of years ago. Andy Dalton hit a touchdown like the last play of the game type thing. And Buffalo got into the playoffs. And now, now Buffalo are the two seed because of this win. Buffalo get the Patriots this week. And one thing about this Bills team, they're not letting up. You know, from a week-by-week -week basis, they've really been pretty focused. They've blown games. They've gotten sloppy. But they haven't letting up. So I don't really expect a letdown. Now, they're laying a touchdown here, but things are getting interesting for Buffalo moving forward right now, Paul. With the two seed right now, potentially playing a couple of games at home, uh, things are falling into place for this Bills team. Yeah, I didn't think they'd let up uh, on Saturday, and I said that on another uh, broadcast because they know that if they would have lost that game and then went to New England under the guise that Miami won on Sunday and wins next week, they could have been playing for the division. If there's any spot for a letdown, it could be this week. But then again, it is the hated Patriots. So you would think they will be completely focused 
and run through the season the way they should. And look, I made some negative comments about their defense early in the year, never about Josh Allen. I was a Josh Allen fan going back two years ago when nobody was on the Josh Allen bandwagon. But when they get healthy, when they get white back at cornerback, and I made specific reference to Matt Milano, they can cover the tight end and they can defend. They're a much better football team. And I think they have a real good shot to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, who look very vulnerable as long as they get their running game going. And I throw out that Kansas City game on that Monday afternoon because it was a wet ball. I just think things just didn't fall into place for the Bills. But I I think they're a much better team at this point mentally, physically, and I think they can compete with the Chiefs on any level, and they could beat them. It's getting serious now. The, the Chiefs are plus 175, Super Bowl futures. Green Bay Packers, 6-1. to one. New Orleans Saints, plus 850. The Buffalo Bills now check in at 10-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Seattle checks in at 12-1. to one. Rams, 14-1. to one. Buccaneers, 14-1. to one. Ravens, 16-1. to one. Steelers, 20-1. to one. What do you think of these reshuffle odds right now, Paul? Well, uh, as, as Jimmy Vaccaro said, I, I saw this on Twitter, you can't play these futures now. There's just no value to it, perhaps with the Bills at 10 to 1. But generally, if you play futures now, you're going to get a better deal if you just parlay it straight on through. Uh, yeah. It just doesn't make a lot of sense unless you're taking at least double digits. And in the case of the Bills, at 10 to 1, yeah, it might be worth a flyer because you never know. Maybe somebody will knock the Chiefs off before they get to play Kansas exactly. City, and then it becomes a big bargain. Yeah, so uh, you got to be mindful of that uh, if you are going to parlay it through. But generally speaking, that's the best way to go. It's a great point. And you know what, guys? The Bills bandwagon is filling up right now. We're seeing the number, you know, went from 20 to 17 to 13, checking in at 10. Pretty soon, we've lost all value on this. But even now at 10 to 1, that's not bad value. You can make a solid argument that the Bills are going to be in the AFC Conference Championship game, right? And and then anything can happen. And then you're putting yourself in a nice situation. And I think the Bills can beat anybody in the NFC. But, you know, everyone's pretty evenly matched in the National Football League. Kansas City's got that edge because they've got Mahomes. But like you said, Paul, they're not invincible. Look at, dude, look at the Super Bowl. They were down by double digits with 10 minutes left. Um, they're down 24 nothing in a playoff game. Weren't they down 17 nothing in the other playoff game or 17-3 or whatever, too? Like, they've constantly yeah, played with fire in the playoffs before. One of these times, you know, you know what I mean, Paul? It's like a boxer or a fighter that always taunts their opponent and fights, you know, and is always laughing and laughing at them, but eventually they get knocked out because of it. KC will eventually get tagged uh, playing with fire like that. Listen, that Super Bowl, I don't want to go into it, but I think that was the. I think when the NFL wants to kind of shade games a certain way, they bring that guy. Bill Vinovich comes in. He's he's the guy. He's the manipulator. He's the guy they go to and say, 
Don't call any holding penalties on on, on the team because they want. I think they wanted to elevate Patrick Mahomes as the face of the league, and I, I really believe that stuff kind of stuff goes on. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I know you got guys on your chat that say, yeah, there's a script and all that. I don't believe in that, but I believe things are shaded a certain way at times. Paul Bovey telling it like it is or the way that it should be, as the great Ted Teven, uh used to say. Um all right, Paul. So let, let's get into a little college of football. Man, the hours always just fly by when you're on with us, and we appreciate your time. So um, we went 2-0 and today. Those It was the, the, the best of times and the worst of times. They started off 2-0 uh, and <laughs> in, in, in the Myrtle Beach Bowl, but that was then. This is now, and we must move forward. And uh, we move forward right now. I always tell people, tread cautiously and, you know, try to pick your spots. But if you are a degenerate, you're going to play every day. And these bowl games, you know, don't go crazy with the units. Uh, but uh, we got the Potato Bowl uh, here, the Idaho Potato Bowl. Tulane, minus two and a half against Nevada. Total 57 and a half. People are wondering about the motivation factor of Nevada coming into this football game. We know what the great great job Willie Fritz has done. And I wonder, can Nevada protect Carson Strong? Because we knew we know Tulane can get after the quarterback, Paul. He got like 36 sacks on the season. So I'm going to go with uh, Nevada here, and I already took three when I was in Vegas over the weekend. The line has come down. One thing about this Tulane team, if Carson Strong does get the opportunity to throw the ball and he can elude the rush, Tulane is very soft against the pass. They took on Tulsa, took on a quarterback who made his first start ever, 18-28 for 266. And I'm going to go back to that Navy game when they had a 24-0 lead in the Navy quarterback, completed 6 of 11, lollipop passes for a buck 39. <laughs> uh, the Houston quarterback, and they lost that game, by the way. Navy came back 27-24. Tune for Houston had his second-best performing uh, passing game of the year, a 20-33 Gabriel of UCF. Uh, 26 of 40, 422. They're stuffed against the pass. Carson Strong, even though he's a sophomore, can throw the football. I think he's going to have a lot of success here, and I think Nevada wins the game. Ooh, Paul Bovey. Paul Bovey, Mountain West call here. The 6-2 and two Nevada Wolfpack against the 6-5 and five Tulane uh, Green Wave. Should be, you know, it's an interesting game. Uh, you know, today's game was a mismatch with North Texas and App State, but these are evenly matched uh, football teams with contrasting styles and 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 you know matchup situations against each other uh, as well. Oh, by the I'm way, leading Gabe, with Gabe, yeah. We got about motivation. 20 seconds, Paul. Go on, yep. Motivation, motivation. They lost on this field last year to Ohio. To Ohio. They're gonna yep. they're gonna want to come back. I had the over on that game. I had 10 points in the money and didn't get it. But anyway, that's another story. But they'll be motivated here. They'll want to that's recover a good point. that loss. That they lost on this field in this bowl game last year to a MAC team, Ohio, 30-21. More with Bobby on the other side. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
or not, you can listen too much to us. I mean, it's possible. Get to know your family again. Did you know your wife cries herself to sleep every night? That's what she told us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Late night anger management class. Paul Bowlby covers experts.com in the house with us. Great stuff uh, with Paul. Can't wait to start talking NBA basketball uh, with Paul as the season set to tip off. We'll get a little NBA a little bit later on. Paul's uh, staying on the West Coast uh, with Nevada in the Potato Bowl. Uh, let's take a look at uh, UCF and BYU. We've only got about two minutes or so here. So fun game here, Paul. Uh, man, the total just keeps climbing. Every time I look at the number, it's higher. 75 and a half right now. 75 and a half. Uh, point spread remains the same, but the total really keeps climbing. UCF gets six and a half against BYU in this game. And I'll tell you what, um, um, there's going to be a lot of UCF fans at this game as there's a ton of alumnus uh, here, uh, Paul. And it's close to Orlando here. What do you make of this one? BYU is kind of a fraud, Gabe. You look at four good teams that they've played, that's it. Houston, Toon, 21-31 for 310. When they took on UTSA, they played a quarterback, Lowell Narciss, who went 17 to 20 for 229. The week prior against Army, only 16 to 31 for a buck 55. Those are the only two games he played. 300 yards on the ground to uh, Coastal, and when they played Boise and blew him out, Bachmeyer did not play. So those are the only four good teams they've played. They don't stop the pass. UCF is a passing team. I don't understand why they're six and a half. I, I just don't. I think you take the points here. I think you go over and you take the UCF team total over because Gabriel should have a huge day here. Yeah, I think even UCF money line could be worth a sprinkle as well. Plus, uh, plus 184 keeps sort of dropping a little bit. The point spread hasn't moved, uh, but, uh, but the money line is. All right, so for more great analysis and winners, check Paul out. You can follow him on Twitter, nice and simple, at Paul Bovey. You can find him over at CoversExperts.com as well. Paul, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Gabe. Thanks. You're the best, baby. Thanks, Paul. Sports Rage continues. Bring it. Live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. Sports Grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.